Nintendo. Nintendo Voice Chat for the week of May 30th, 2014. I am your host, Jose Otero, and this is a podcast that the cast members are one week away, roughly, from E3, so we are all stressed out, and there's so much work to do, yep. and we have a lot to talk about. So, to my right, the German Wunderkin, Guten Per Tag. Schneider. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good, man. A lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. Lots of crazy stuff this week. Yeah. yeah. You're a little taller, but we're going to talk about I'm that in a minute. I'm a little taller, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, we have Brian Altano. I don't have a, like an Italian wonderkin or anything like that? Uh, I was going to call you the... Uh, actually, I couldn't come up with a nickname. I had something okay. earlier, Brat, but Brat, it Thank you for the having me. The Big Brapper. Yeah. That, really? That's it? The Big Brapper. Brat, There no, we go. Excellent. Thank you very much. All right. So, Pear, why don't you tell the folks why you're just a little bit taller this week than last week? Still choose. Uh, after 16 years, I've uh, I've finally quit IGN. No, I'm taking on the, uh, the role of GM. So, in addition... In addition to running the the content departments, mm -hmm. uh, editorial, video, uh, and marketing uh, and product, I've taken on engineering and sales as well. How wow. do you have you have more hair than me? I don't really have more <laughs> hair. It's just yours is cut shorter. <laughs> it falls out a lot. I, you you ha you are you take. You have control of so much right now. There's so much on your plate. I can totally screw it up. How do you have time for this? Uh, I don't know. Don't yeah. tell just, anybody. Well, okay, I won't. I, I won't. just want to clarify for listeners. This, uh, do we, does that mean we lose you a little more on this podcast? Or Hopefully no? not, right? It not. depends. It depends on when, when you do this. But, well, it's um, Thursdays from 3.30 to 4.30 in the IGM podcast room. I mean, the <laughs> does good, that need to change? The good thing is I can I can make people do stuff for me now. Yeah, that's so, true. You know, I can, You're not forcing a guest yeah. on the show. Uh, yes. <laughs> Sit in as me. Uh -huh. We get replaced by his kids. We're like, oh, Today man, we will feature the following advertisers. Uh, now, taking on the role of pair. All right, yeah. cool. Well, well, congrats, man. Thank you. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, I'm... I'm Side note, I wanted to tell you this personally, but I'll tell you personally on the air. But I'm very honored to work under you. Aww. And uh, you're one of the reasons that I uh, wanted this job to begin with. I actually never really wanted this job. I just sort of was offered it, and then I got it. And <laughs> Forced. I grew up reading you on uh, – reading your reviews and reading your news stories and reading all of your IGN Nintendo – IGN 64 coverage and stuff like that. And when I first – I actually really geeked out the first time I ever met you was uh, – Five years ago, I came to the IGN office, and you brought Jessica Chobot into the room, and you were teaching her German because she was going to Gamescom, and she was going to host the Daily Fix. Oh, yeah. And you were like, check this out. I, I taught Jess German. And I was like, that's the guy from the pointing pictures. <laughs> oh, man. That was my the, claim that was the reaction the guy. Reaction, excited, the excited reaction guy. I so. remember that. Uh, Jess, um, we announced IGN Germany there. Yeah. So yeah. Jess oh, had wow. to learn a couple of lines in German, and, and it was hilarious. Yeah. You were a strict was, German uh, teacher? It was, it was very funny. Yeah, because instead of tschüss, which means goodbye, she said shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to follow up uh, what Brian just said and say, uh, to the opposite effect, I did not know a lot about you before one up showed up here um, back in what was that, 2011. Uh, but one of the first things I noticed at the big editorial postmortem is, wow, that guy's really smart. And so I am also honored to be here uh, Stop it. sharing this podcast with you. Hey, this is this is the Triforce of Nintendo wisdom at IGN right now. Yeah. So we're really happy to have you here. Thanks. All let's, right. let's talk Nintendo. All right, yeah, let's, let's talk it. Nintendo. So let's start with some news. Uh, apparently... Time for some, some news. Is this gonna be? Oh, we're gonna, oh, gonna, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I can top that. Beyond. Um, no. That's what they did. That's the, okay, forget All right, it. Yeah, let's... let's 
no. Uh, so <laughs> in our first story is that the uh, the big question right now is, is Pokemon Delta Emerald the next Pokemon remake? So a couple weeks ago, right, uh, Game Freak, the Pokemon company, uh, specifically announced, Pokemon Company International, excuse me, announced that there were remakes of Ruby and Sapphire being made, right? Omega Ruby, Alpha Sapphire. And that was a big deal. Um, everyone's excited on 3DS in November. Folks are really happy about that. But there is a third piece to that puzzle, which is uh, Emerald. Pokemon Emerald was uh, sort of, it's kind of like uh, Pokemon Yellow, right? It's the third one. It has other yeah. certain Pokemon in it that maybe the other two don't have. Um, and It's like Nintendo's Dash End Edition. Yeah, and so website uh, Gematsu reported that there was a trademark submitted earlier this month that went public today. And so the question is, is this going to be also another Pokemon remake? Will there be a third one? So for context, before you guys weigh in, Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green were remakes, and they and Game Freak and Pokemon Company decided not to remake Pokemon Yellow, first mm-hmm. thing. Second thing happened, uh, it, happened to, uh, it happened one other time. When they remade Heart Gold and Soul Silver on DS, they did not uh, also remake the updated Pokemon Crystal. So what do you guys think? Is Pokemon Delta Emerald a thing? It's a good question. Um, I, it, it's, I, I feel like you can never really predict where they're going to go with this. Just yeah. because they haven't done it a couple of times doesn't mean they're not going to do it now. You know, especially when, when they're looking at um, 3DS not doing quite as well as they were hoping to, right? I mean, it's, it's a very successful, um, successful system out there. Mm-hmm. And Pokemon games sell really well. They may just say, hey, let's do, let's do another release because we have too much of a gap be- before the next, uh, you know, the, the next Pokemon game or the next, um, the next 3DS title. Yeah, I could that, see it happen. I, I was thinking the same thing. Like, you, wanna, you don't want to throw everything in the book at, you know, at the wall to see what sticks. But I do think that um, putting out a, a Pokemon game in the gap between the next one um, is good to got, kind of get people just uh, to keep people associated with this is their Pokemon system. Yep. Right? Yeah. Um, I think they're probably going to start looking at the, some of the, uh, their other IPs and quality, quality of life stuff to keep that going. But uh, yeah, the, like the you Cat said, Mario is not dead. What are you doing? Oh, yeah. If you're a listener, Mario is now carrying Cat Mario. Oh, yeah, you're no, not I'm seeing this, which is n- not canon. But yeah. isn't, isn't also, I mean, it feels like we're, we're restarting Pokemon on the 3DS because you couldn't transfer a lot of the old Pokemon over, yeah. right? Like you couldn't, you couldn't do the, the one-for-one transfer with a, with a lot of games over. And so maybe they're just kind of creating more of a baseline to get you more Pokemon like you, you were able to have on yeah. the older games. So I, I don't think they're going to remake a third one. Nope. I think it's just sort of register the trademark. Maybe, maybe not. But I will say this. I have a pie-in-the-sky idea that will never happen. Do you guys want to hear it? Is it the iOS Pokemon game? No, it is not. Uh, My pie-in-the-sky idea is that if Delta Emerald is a thing, I would love if it was a Wii U game. Now, I think that for for years, right, Pokemon Company has said, and Nintendo has said, both of them, that uh, Pokemon is a portable, a dedicated gaming portable like game, like a handheld yep. game. 3DS, DS, whatever the system is, that's where Pokemon should be. They actually laughed once when we asked about... Really? Uh, yeah, they like... Console Pokemon? They, they, the, the designer thought it was a ridiculous question. It's why? Like, why on a console? It's like, no, it's a handheld game. What? So, what? Here, what? Because yeah. I think they, when they plan the game, that is at the very top is go out and meet somebody. 
That was probably so at the very my, top of yeah, the list. But here's my counter to that. So that made mm-hmm. sense for a very no, no, long it's time. Different times now. No, yeah, for but sure. But now, with the way Pokemon X and Y use the internet, this isn't an age anymore where you need link cables and you need to go meet someone. You can do global trading. You yep. can do battles. You can do wonder trading. There are so many different factors to sure. Pokemon now that are all part of online. And you are actually never alone as long as you're connected to the internet playing Pokemon. So, so now feels like the right time for that. And I do wish, huh. if they were to introduce it, that it would be done in that fashion where maybe, and some folks will probably listen to this and say, heresy, I don't want to buy another copy of Pokemon. But think about it. If there is a, a base game on 3DS that you take out there in the world on your gaming portable, and then at home, you have the option of, well, I own this third game that I can then just pull everything into. You can trade with yourself. Tr- or just, you know, also resume regular functions or something so, through that. So I think that's actually not a bad theory because they've been very vocal on, you know, virtual console and adding handheld games to it. And could this be kind of like a special edition handheld VC game too? You they know? need reasons yeah. to keep mm. Pokemon Bank open. That's kind of cool. Quite frankly, yeah. too. If they're charging a subscription fee for it, and I think that's one of the reasons why we got uh, those two Pokemon games announced as well. But not we'll a, see. Not a bad theory. Sure. Thank you. But it, I think it's pie in the sky. I don't think it'll happen, but maybe if you're listening to this and you agree with me, let us know. Email NVC yeah, at Yeah, I, I don't know if I like fundamentally believe with uh, believe in that ideology that something should only stay on a handheld forever. Like I, I don't think, yeah. I, I honestly think, like, as someone like me who doesn't really get into the Pokemon games, that, like, I'll, I'll play a little bit here and there. Yeah. Um, I think a console would be what gets me to do that. Like, I think I would sit down on in front of my television and and dig into a game that deep. Like, I I, I don't I don't know if like I it, I understand why they laughed, but it's like you're missing out on tons of people. That, uh, and, I and think they laughed when it was more it was less internet focused and yeah, more it was like in cable. 2012. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was gonna, where no, well, nobody. No. Was, I'm just kidding. You're I'm kidding. Lying. You talk to those guys no, in 2012. No, it's it was it was a while back. But yeah. but I mean. Already, people were trading data on consoles, so it's yeah. not. It it wasn't a ridiculous question to ask for us. It well, wasn't I, I like, think yeah. I think it's a ridiculous assumption to make nowadays that anybody yeah. interacts with anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> I think most people are just so head down, isolated uh, with things. I mean, I, I don't, when I when I was growing up, like we did get together with link cables and play, you know, uh, stupid multi tap uh, Game Boy games and stuff like that. But uh, I, I I think kids now are mostly headphones on and yeah. staring at a screen. Do, so. do you ever like consciously look at the world and like just look at people walking around texting while they're walking? It's so weird. Like yeah. if you have if you had taken footage of a modern day street and yeah. put it into an '80s movie, like in a John Hughes movie. It would have been like, oh my god, aliens are here. What have they done with people? I did that. I, I mean, I, I take the train in the, to, and this is a, a, a little side trip. Sure. Yeah. I take the train into work every single day, yeah. and I'll randomly look up from my own phone to look down the train line and just be like, I wonder how many people on this train right now are staring at a phone. Yeah. And the other day, I saw a guy reading a book, and I was like, that's weird. Yeah. yeah. Actually, a real book. Some days I would count. I'd be like, okay, one, two, three, four, just because I was bored. Yeah. And I couldn't, yeah. like, if I'm standing and I have nothing to do because I don't want to have my phone out the whole time, I just look around and count how many people are looking at screens. Yeah. And it is actually really scary. Yeah. It's All so, right. I mean, I don't know if it's scary. It's just so different, right? It's, different. Like, yeah. it's scary to me. Yeah. No one's paying attention. All right. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, this next story. Wow. Um, so I was weirded out by this. Uh, <laughs> I like it when Jose gets excited. I know. Uh, yeah, do you? I, yeah. I get excited. It's a little bit like Christopher, Christopher Walken being happy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Mario Kart 8 is teaming up with Mercedes Japan for free DLC. Now, I love it. Japan yeah. only DLC. Apparently, Mario Kart 8 is going to have a free uh, version of the Mercedes-Benz GLA car. Uh, it's used <laughs> to promote that car, essentially. Um 
you should see the video for this ad. It is hilarious. It goes from 8-bit Super Mario Brothers to a sort of ripped, real live-action Mario and a, the ugliest Goomba I have ever seen. That Goomba uh, is amazing. Yeah. More importantly, uh, our UK team followed up with NOE, um, Nintendo of Europe, and they got this quote from them. They were asking, like, what's the deal? Is this coming to the West or not? And they said... The announcement this time was made by Mercedes-Benz Japan regarding their collaboration in Japan with NCL. And as for the information regarding the distribution of the GLA cart for Mario Kart 8 outside Japan, we will be able to announce in the near future. Nintendo basically said to us. So I, I so that makes weird. it sound like it's happening. That makes it sound like there's something going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. it does. Good because um, I mean it doesn't happen very often. By the way, it's an ad deal, right? It's yeah, an advertising. Because this, po- this morning I was I was sour. It's I was an like, really? is, yeah. Jose gets angry over free stuff. I don't stuff. get angry yeah. over yeah. free stuff. It's I just like, think when folks say, "Oh, this is totally fine because it's free." I don't play Mario Kart to race in a Mercedes Benz. You don't skin. have to. The concept just seems foreign to me. Give Stop me it. a it's, super. Wait a minute. Give me a super wacky, a foreign car. weird, strange. <laughs> give me another. Give me a strange thing like the Wiggler to look at, or some of the other cars that are in there that they have really cool design and rad ideas. I look at the skin for that car and I just go, "Why is this here? This doesn't it, feel like it fits." I it totally it's, fits, but it no, is silly. It is silly. I think we all it agree, right? Like, so of course, a it's realistic silly. car brand like that in that game is you, silly. Yeah, but you talked me off the ledge as to. Yeah, I was a little frustrated and this morning. Let's not forget that one of the Koopa kids is German, so having a Mercedes <laughs> in there is not a problem. Ludwig. Yeah. Ludwig. <laughs> yeah. All right, so help me help folks understand this. Who well, paid, first of all, who do you it, think paid for this? It's an advertising partnership. Mercedes mm-hmm. absolutely paid for it. Okay. Um, and I think as part of the deal, you know, Mario Kart gets integrated into Mercedes ad campaigns in Japan, and so it's, you know... We say one hand washes the other one. What do you guys right. say? I scratch my back, you Keep scratch going. somebody else's back, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Some, but but it's like they're working together we'll on that. The it's, right? it's definitely a tie-in. It's not unlike what you've seen in like Splinter Cell where like the phone is branded like Blackberry or whatever, right? In my Mario but, Kart, but, I don't want any more. I don't want them to so, bring back the Buick. But I, I agree with you. That. I agree with you that usually the product matches the franchise much better. Even in yeah. Pikmin, you had brands in the original. You had brands integrated. Like Duracell. like Duracell. Yeah, but that, that made sense. It's the concept of what Pikmin was. This doesn't seem like a but, fit Mario. Kart. But it's but in, in the context of Japan, it makes all the sense in the world because you had you have silly commercials with Schwarzenegger busting out of a vitamin bottle and <laughs> and Bruce Willis, Willis like crawling through ducts and Clooney getting drunk on whiskey, right? Like yeah. they they have really weird and goofy times. commercials. And so if you watch the commercial, it's not serious. It's not like you know everybody drives a Mercedes. It's a freaking weird actor yeah, running no- into. <laughs> yeah, into a, a Goomba, Goomba you know. I guess folks look at it and go. Um, and by the way, I'm I, whatever. It's free. I don't have to download it, and I'm probably and I'm not going to. What? A uh, you're not bust. going to? No, oh, he's gonna I die I at my. I don't want it. I don't. I want tracks. You know, it's gonna be the courses. best car. If they would have said, what is the big here's deal? this car, and then here's these tracks that we're doing too, I would have been like, great, I'm taking the tracks. I'm good. Here, I'll pay for the tracks. I don't. I don't want free so, stuff that is pointless. A couple of things here. First of all. I, I work with uh, the sales side of IGN a lot, which means that like we do a lot of custom content branding, stuff that's like brought to you by 
all the time you get requests like this, but it's rarely in a position like this. Usually people go, well, don't show our product in a bad way or don't do this and don't do that. Like Mercedes probably has in, in a lot of movies, they're like, you can't wreck our car. Yeah, yeah. Don't do anything crazy to it. Yeah, that's in fine. Mario Kart, they're like, throw a banana at it, flip it upside down, <laughs> light it on fire. Why we do don't I, care. So why are you advocating for me to download it though? Because I, I think, care for it. I it's think not it's, for me. I think it's just as ridiculous and absurd as every other cart that they have in the game. Uh, they have that. carts that are based that look like real cars. The only thing different, if this, if they put this car in the game and it didn't have the Mercedes logo on the back, you'd be like, that's a cool looking cart. That's right. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like me, I'm going to use the Wiggler because that's, that's my favorite car. Well, your fiance is going to jump in the Mercedes. But I showed this to my fiance that's, and she was like, oh, that's great. We should, I want to get that. And I was like, well, we'll never afford one in real life because I'm yeah. not Per Schneider. So... <laughs> But yeah. um, I think I think that it, I think it's great. I think it's free. It's fun. It's stupid. It, it reminds me of like the Chiquita bananas in uh, Monkey Ball. That's cute. Yeah, you know, like it's that. just sort of yeah. like but a that, little. That I actually think than... it's more like Beatles and Beetle Adventure racing. Yeah, like totally. it's like this, and it is a. It is kind of. It's not a traditional Mercedes, right? Yeah. Right. Obviously, in Japan, they're trying to appe- appeal to families. I wouldn't be surprised if the commercials in the future didn't have like a special edition Mercedes you can win that has you know headrests with screens and a Wii U hooked up or whatever, yeah. right? Like there's going to be some more tie into that. But that car kind of looks cute in the game. I think it looks so. like it looks it's really like an SD like super deformed yeah. version. Of a Mercedes, it's totally right? super deformed. So, and one thing I said this morning that I want to re- reiterate, please uh, do, is that this Mario is a doctor, <laughs> <laughs> and that is the car a doctor drives. That's not the car a plumber drives. This is drives. how you justify this. This is how that is, a, that is the doctor who's been doing surgery for years. He's got his own parking spot up front. He pulls up in his Mercedes. Mom, he parks mommy, it. Yeah. He gets out of that car. That is a doctor's car. Let him flex that doctor money a little bit. All right. I, I'm glad you two are going to have fun. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm playing up the anger, too. No, I get like, it. I'm not but that you were really angry this morning. No, I was yeah. not. Don't oh. lie. You to refused the to download it. I'm not going to. He was, oh, 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 Tero. This, no. this, is, now, this is now a part. <laughs> this is now for a part of Mario Kart canon. Call me back. It's part of the experience. Call yeah. me back when it's courses. I want to follow up one really important thing with you guys. So we talked to uh, the director of Mario Kart, uh, Kono-san, Hideki Kono, and we mm-hmm. also, excuse me, he's the producer on Mario Kart, Hideki Kono, and the director, uh, Kosuke Yabuki. Mm-hmm. And Kono addressed the question, but we asked him, do you have hooks for additional content built into this game? Uh, for example, would it be easy for you to add a new character or a new track, or is Mario Kart 8 designed to be a closed experience? Uh. This is the answer he gave us. <laughs> we really don't have anything to announce regarding DLC at this point. We knew that was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, just wait till tomorrow. With Mario Kart 8, <laughs> as with the rest of the series, I feel strongly that this is a game with a lot of replay value and a lot of content, and that people can enjoy, and that people can enjoy that for a long time. I would like to throw the question back at you: Do you think DLC for a game like this would be something the player base would enjoy? Now, I told him yes. I, I think said, it'd be great to have a Mercedes course. in it, for example. I did like not they say could... that. <laughs> I did not say that. You I didn't said, say that. I, no, I told him that new courses or re- uh, other remade courses, like people see the the detail and how real, how gorgeous. Mario Kart looks, and I think people would really enjoy seeing certain courses come back in that style, or even them see them explore new ideas in like track packs or it's, something. It's a free Mercedes. Then I'm he says it. to me, "Well, thank you very much for that feedback. We will take that into consideration." And that was it. Now, they were being coy. Yeah, 
They were being coy because they, I mean, they they were sitting on an announcement with the partnership with Mercedes. Mm -hmm. Like seriously, it's it's silly, right? That answer is silly. He should have said, "Oh yeah, absolutely, we can expand this game, but we don't. You know, we're not. We don't have like five tracks design or anything." Is a couple of licensed cars, and you don't get tracks. You mean to tell me you're going to be okay with that? No, of course. I think they need to be new GPS. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, but you you would be okay with us getting nothing ever again, right? No, he's not. No, I want I want DLC for this. But what game. if they I said, told you what guys if they before, said we're never giving up? It's a it is a closed experience, and this is it forever. Then which, I'd, I'd be fine with that. But if they the go, the it day. is a closed experience plus. But all free you get, Mercedes, but you're like you absolutely <laughs> not. I want everything or nothing. Not no, welcome I want, again. Uh, I want I want courses. <laughs> When courses come along, I will I will definitely dial back some of the things I said this morning, but I really think that that should be the focus, and that's going to keep people playing Mario Kart. It's not just that the online is really good. Yeah. We've been playing online. The online is great. It's out in Japan. It's out in Europe now. It's about to be on America by the time I, you listen to this podcast. I don't it get lag. Super I smooth, don't get lag. It's no great. No lag. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And if... You know, and it's a great way to extend the life of people playing that game. But you want to keep that going? Throw some tracks out there. So okay. here's the thing, Throw though. I think that I think first of all, I think they're being cautious, right? They're talking to you. They know that any anything they say, you're going to turn into a news story with yeah. a headline. Nintendo confirms. We didn't turn this into a news story because it wasn't right? a great answer. Well, so they gave yeah. you a bull crap answer, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the next day they announced a Mercedes in the game. But um, it wasn't the next day. No, but it was here, three days here, later. Here's the thing. <laughs> the other thing that I think publishers and developers are really cautious about is the EA effect, right? Where anything you say will be held against you. Like EA yep. saying, oh yeah, we've got great plans for like downloadable content in the future. The message that gets um, repeated online is, EA is going to sell tracks, you know, for yep. extra, and you're not going to get the complete e- battlefield experience but at launch, no, right? That's people's and takeaway. That is not the story. Well, no, no, but that's. Though. But I Paris think people. Right. I, th- right. yeah. I think people are a little bit more cautious about saying, "Oh, absolutely, we're going to have day well, one because, DLC." Okay, and all then, that, wait right? a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. I have a counter to that yeah. because then you have a game like Howard Warriors that it says DLC right on the website. They haven't announced anything, but there is a tab for DLC. That's the least of that game's problems. <laughs> okay, it is, but all I'm saying is no, you're the, right. the messaging right is all over too. the place. Yeah. But I agree with what you just said. The, the, you do want to manage expectations and not have people run away with crazy theories as to how much you held back from the game. Right. The, the gut agree. reaction for most gamers is you shipped an unfinished game yeah. and you're you're piecemealing me content down the line, which in a lot of cases has proven to be true. Right. Like I yeah. think a lot of publishers have used, especially the, when it's on the disc. Right. Ooh. And they've used the DLC model to sort of mask the fact that they have haven't finished their thing yet and they want to or they've maybe held back some mm-hmm. um, and I don't like that I think most people don't like that but I think I something like the Mercedes cars is no big deal uh, and I, I'm going to ask you something Jose oh, okay. if we did yeah. get a track uh-huh. a brand new track but <laughs> and it had Mercedes signage it was everywhere. the Mercedes test factory uh, if it was a cool track, I'd deal with that. Really? I, that I, doesn't maybe, make any sense maybe, at all. That maybe. makes no sense at all. It depends on the track. It so depends you won't get the car, but you'll take a... It depends on how obnoxious the branding is. It's everywhere. Upside down, too. It's on the ceiling. It's actually the it's shape of a star. Right, People get lost in the middle and bump into each other. Logo. We're, we're yeah. running away with They this. replace you all the sound effects with buy Mercedes. You, you drive around the logo. No, I wouldn't be okay with that extreme, but I doubt Mario Nintendo. goes, Wahoo, brought to you by Mercedes. <laughs> no, Mama but I don't want it. Brought to right. you by Mercedes. We talked about this long enough. <laughs> very, oh, very brought nice. Brought to you by Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you got him completely derailed. Now. I know, I did. No, That's it. That's it. I'm on the road. That's it for the show today, folks. We're done with the podcast. All right. 
Fine. Next announcement. Stop. What I said. Uh, Pushmo World announced for Wii U. So uh, this was an early morning announcement like two days ago. Yep. 5 a.m. Uh, press release comes in. Yeah, Pushmo World's happening. So what is Pushmo World, you wonder? Um, it is a... <laughs> you can tell he was a teacher sometimes. It is a, so right? He's like, he's reading yeah. my mind. Can we stay on topic? You guys right. are killing me right now. This is the right. topic. We were off topic enough times. Stay with me here. Brought to um, you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be available for Wii U eShop uh, worldwide on June 19th. The game's going to cost 10 bucks. You're going to have 250 puzzles to solve. And just like prior Pushmo, Crashmo, you can create your own puzzle configurations in whatever shape, hopefully not phallic, that you like. And uh, you can share them either through VR QR codes, excuse me, via QR codes, or through the Pushmo World Fair, social hub that connects to the game's Meverse community. Jose, you asked the question, what is Pushmo? You did not answer that question. What is Pushmo? It's a block-solving game that's really fun that has a, it's sort of based on Japanese sumo, right? The main character right. looks like he's wearing the diaper, and he's pushing blocks back and forth, yep. and you're trying to get to an objective. Usually you're saving children, I think. Like so some kind of like kids trapped it's like on a, the top a, of things. It's, it's, a, it's a block game, but it's not like a falling block game like Tetris, right? Well, it, it is in Crash. It is in Crash uh, right. Mo. It's um, not in Push. But you're you're basically building a three dimensional staircase or pyramid to get to the top of the goal, which is at the top of uh, the stack of blocks. And the blocks are always shaped like uh, iconic Nintendo characters or yeah. weird animals. In some um, cases, yeah. And you're extruding or yeah. you're pushing pushing mm-hmm. back. So in, the game right? worked yeah. really well on the 3DS because of the 3D. It's one of those few games where I always kept the 3D effect on because I actually liked being able to look at something. Well, it's and, really subtle too. Yeah, it's not it's very quite subtle. Quite as obnoxious as maybe other games push. So, so it kind of remains to be seen how that's going to play out on the Wii U. I think it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I do want to mention about Pushmo is, for me at least, it is excruciatingly difficult. It yeah. can that, get there. That game yeah. makes me feel so, – it, it questions my intelligence. Yeah. I feel like an idiot playing that game. Really? I'm like, i got to get to the top of this block, and I can't – I don't know what are the – My seven-year-old really likes it, but says it's so easy. Okay, you know, we get it that right. your kids are smarter than no, their parents. It's, it's a running theme uh, on the show. I think he feels. Mm-hmm. He's old. <laughs> I, I, thank you. I, I hear you. It gets harder and harder, obviously, after a while. Yeah. Um, but I, it's not that hard. It's that it's hard. Not, yeah. Really? It, all right, whatever. All right. I mean, <laughs> like, he gets silent and just doesn't talk the rest of the yep. podcast. Wow. It's, it's it's a world of pushmo. Yeah, but okay. I think that's great. I mean, it's a it's a new it's a new title in one of n- the newer Nintendo franchises. Yep. You know, not that many people know it because it's never been released as a disc, or yeah. they don't make uh, as big of a deal of, uh, about it. But it is it was a new franchise that Nintendo released yeah. um, fairly recently, and it's good to see them iterate on it um, for the third time. Now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the custom uh, puzzle stuff's really cool. Yeah, um, oh, I yeah. urge everybody if you're looking for a good puzzle game for Wii U, I like, ten bucks for this thing is it? Yeah, still. they're good. I, I I wish they would give me more pick cross. Like I really like me the too. pick cross yeah, games, pick cross me too. and I wish those they would come the, back. Have you not played the e pick cross games? They've had some downloadable ones. Yeah, the you little downloads. Yeah. yeah, that's right. All right, just saying. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, that's enough of that. Um, last story, really fast. So, Pear, I hope you can help explain this one because I'm still a little all over the place about it, and I know some folks who listen to the show. This is a very big deal. Um, so, Nintendo announced an affiliate program for YouTube Let's Play creators. All right, for Mario Kart 8. Yes. So it turns out that they're introducing an ad revenue sharing program, uh, which will entitle proactive creators, proactive in quotes, uh, <laughs> of YouTube Let's Play videos uh, to basically get a share of the ad money, the yeah. ad revenue. Yeah. So Nintendo is essentially, if I'm getting this right, <laughs> claiming the ad revenue on like Mario Kart 8 videos, for example, you can apply for the affiliate program. And if you get permission from Nintendo, you get a piece of the profit next to Nintendo and Google. It's, it's not what... 
Also, the details of how to sign up and when will be announced yeah. in the future. This mm. was just an announcement that it exists. So it's it's a step in the right direction, but it's not what YouTubers want, right? right? So if you're not familiar with how you make money on YouTube, you you know you put content on your channel, you become a partner, and you monetize um, the views. YouTube sells your views, um, and you get uh, you get a cut yeah. of the ad revenue, right? Um, you can sign up with an MCN. That's like a, a bigger network of, of sites that affiliate together, and then those guys sell your your um, ads. So actually, IGN used to do that too, right? We we had like you know twenty affiliates, and we would sell the ads. If you don't sell them, then YouTube fills the rest of the inventory, and you get a cut. And the size of the cut depends on uh, you know how how much sold through your your pre-roll ad inventory was. Now, what Nintendo's proposing is saying, okay, you sign up with us. Um, and m- maybe if you're chosen, we will give you a cut of the revenue, but Google still takes half, right? Which means you're not getting what you would have gotten if you created a video of, say, The Elder Scrolls or Titanfall. Yep. You're definitely getting less because you chose to cover a Nintendo well, product. Nintendo has stepped on Let's Play creators' toes and yeah. YouTubers before, where they claimed ad revenue on a bunch of videos a couple of years ago, and it angered a lot of people, yeah. or at least those people. So I, I hope I didn't lose you with the with the no, long explanation. No, but the, really the basic point content. is that yeah. Yeah. you can you can create YouTube content with games, and the game creators absolutely own the copyright, you know, for for the content that you're broadcasting. Mm-hmm. You can argue I'm using the content in a different way, they, therefore it's fair use but it's kind of a feeble case right like if ea said hey you know those guys are broadcasting titanfall they're not supposed to youtube will absolutely let them claim the views right but most publishers like it because they see it as marketing they know a game is not an experience that is just about watching therefore let people watch it maybe they'll love it and they'll buy the game and Mm -hmm. so a lot of youtube creators also see their job as you know i'm I'm actually doing them a favor in marketing yeah Yeah. it's it's not as cut and dried as that well i mean i don't i don't want to justify their actions against YouTubers. So I think it was it was it was pretty preposterous. It actually reminded me a lot of the early 80s when they hit hard on the blockbuster videos and rental services and stuff like that because they figured that these places were cutting away from their profits yeah, from sales. But yeah. there are a lot of people that don't play video games anymore because of sites like YouTube and Twitch. There mm. are people that just go and watch games. And I don't know if that translates really as much to a game like Mario Kart. I think that's, Mario Kart will always sort of be one of those things where you can watch it, it's really fun, but yeah. you also have to just kind it's of play it. It's a lot more it. fun to play than to watch, but especially I do, in a I, party setting. It is, absolutely. Yeah. But I do see uh, justifiably how some publishers are worried. Uh, people who make predominantly short single-player campaign games, you can kind of sit down and For be like, sure. I'm going to watch Modern Warfare from start to finish in three hours, you know, yeah. and I'm never yeah. going to buy it. I'm never going to play it. So. Yeah. Um, I yeah. hear a lot more nowadays from especially people in the YouTube comments and comments on IGN I'm not going to rent this I'm just going to watch it on Twitch Beyond Two Souls like games like that yeah. where you have like the set storyline and you can watch it and actually enjoy it without playing it there's definitely risk there I, I yeah. totally agree and you know I, I don't think it's that big of a deal if a publisher claims the views for the cutscenes right yeah. but when your experience of playing the game is completely different from somebody else I feel like it's a little bit of a different story right yeah. and, yeah. and like fair. Uh, somebody uh, like a speedrunner or somebody who's amazing at Mario Kart, the content becomes that person's skills or that person's narration. And so that's where I feel like the the claiming can be a little odd. And I think this is growing pains for Nintendo, right? We talked last week about 
growing pains in the online market. And mm -hmm. this is how they deal with um, content on the web. And they, they've gone through the same things with us, with the media, right? Where at one point they said, oh, no, you shouldn't host any of our trailers. Like, okay, are you sure that's a good yeah. idea, right? Yeah. And so um, – <laughs> I, they've dialed back on that kind of stuff as well. I'm curious to see where this goes. I wonder if they if they are actually liberally cla cl claiming all these clips or if it's just a certain type of content that they object to, more of the kind of like the cutscene and you're giving away the story type type deal. Yeah, and we've seen that happen with Twitch. I don't know if we mentioned it, but mm. on Twitch, if you're streaming certain you know PS4 or I think it applies to Xbox One as well, during cutscenes, it basically goes to like a, a, a screen where folks can't see what's happening. I don't think they even hear yeah. it maybe. Yeah. Um, and it's just their way of protecting certain things about the game that they just don't want. They would rather people have bought it to experience mm -hmm. rather yeah. than see that. Uh, it, so you can't control that on YouTube, by the way, with narrative-based It's, narrative it's what you said. You know, they've, they've been around for so long and they're, they're sort of like, you know, they're brilliant, but they're also kind of this giant lumbering company. Yeah. You know, we've been around for a long time at, at IGN. I know how uh, sometimes it takes time to get some big decisions moving well, or yeah. something like that. Or and sometimes there's, you know, a Smash Brothers tournament happening at Evo, for example, like a year ago. And sure. then they said, no, you can't have but that. So maybe that's just Someone a matter of that. like when I was a kid, yeah. I would be like, Dad, can I have five bucks? And he'd be like, absolutely not. But then, then like a, a couple weeks would go by and he'd be like, I'd be like, Dad, can I have five bucks? And he'd be like, yeah, sure. And I would appreciate it more because he said no the yeah. first time. Yeah. So maybe they do a thing where they like they shoot things down and they come around and it yeah. makes well, you like on, them a little on the Evo example, they came around real fast. Oh, like yeah. Within so, a couple of hours, right. they were like, sorry, yeah. right. whoops. And no. there's one there's That's actually bad. there's actually one scenario where this could be a good thing, right? If Nintendo <laughs> actually built up a sales force internally, right? They're looking at new ways to make money. Maybe ad sales is one of them, right? Like the they build up, thing? Yeah, maybe. No, they've always had that kind of partnership stuff. But they, they let's say they set up a sales force and they say, okay, we are going to sell sponsorships around people competitively playing Smash Brothers against each other on YouTube. We're going to claim all those views. You can become a partner. But guess what? Our CPM, so the amount of money you make uh, per every 1,000 views is higher when it runs through Nintendo than when it runs through uh, YouTube general sales, sure. right? Because they're direct selling. So there is a scenario where you might be able to make more money be with them than directly through Google. But right. I just don't see them as being a big media sales team. And let's not forget, Nintendo doesn't want ads for PlayStation and Microsoft games running on their games. No, and so that also now <laughs> will cut problem. into the revenue because when Nintendo controls that inventory, they're going to limit the types of advertisers that will appear, I assume, right? Yeah. Whereas on when Google sells it, there's really no limit. That's right. Um, and so... I think it's all. I think it's one hundred percent bad news for YouTubers. Um, it's good that they're thinking about letting at least people monetize part of the inventory instead of just saying, "Hey, we're going to turn everything off." But this is not going to work, right? It just means people are going to play fewer Nintendo games on YouTube, and that's probably not a good thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the marketing helps. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, folks, and when we come back, we have a lot to discuss about the Smash Invitational during E three. We are here. Uh, I'm Jose Otero with Per Schneider, Ryan Altano. Hi. And guys, 
the uh, bunch of news about the Smash Invitational just happened, right? Uh, big, the roster of all 16 fighters is out there now. Yeah. Uh, they announced the, the the announcers are out there. Congratulations, by the way, to uh, Winston Proxmith and also to a good friend of the show, um, excuse me, Hugo Gonzalez. Awesome peoples. All right, so uh, yeah, they, they have a host, all that stuff. They announced the rules. And then at the end of the video, they say, and introducing... And then Brian noticed it was like porno music. The, the, that's what you said. But more importantly, it was that they announced the existence of a uh, a Wii U, uh, excuse me, a GameCube adapter for Wii U. Yeah, a GameCube, a GameCube controller adapter for Wii U. That's right. That so, will allow you to plug up to four GameCube controllers into an adapter that then plugs into two USB slots at the front, direct into the yeah, front of your yeah, Wii U or yeah. the back. If mm-hmm. that's your thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I say. Thank you, you made the, uh-huh. Thank you, Fozzie Bear. And you can, play, you can play the upcoming <laughs> Smash Brothers game for Wii U with GameCube controllers, wired GameCube, GameCube controllers. And this yeah. is a huge, huge deal. It is. It's no. really cool. We've been talking about it on the show a lot. Um, I think uh, even before uh, Tim made the prediction, by the way, bravo to Tim Geddes. Um, that the new Smash Brothers, how will we control it? Like on the gamepad, I didn't think I wasn't convinced. Wii U Pro Controller, not convinced that was going to be a good fit for yeah. Smash Brothers either. And I'm sure Sakurai, he's going to make it work, right? He did it with Brawl on the Wii, where it was like, okay, if you held the controller sideways, you can do this. If you have the Wii in Nunchuck, you can do this. If you have a GameCube controller, you can actually play the game the way you should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they'll do that again this time around. Um, I think it was a smart move. We don't know price. Here's the things we don't know right now we don't know how much it's going to cost. We don't know if Nintendo's selling GameCube controllers again or not. In the video mm. and in the photo that they tweeted, mm. they have the fo- uh, picture of a GameCube controller, clearly, but the logo for Nintendo GameCube right over the start button is covered up by the new Smash Brothers logo, the, yep. the sort of coin that shows up at the start of every Smash Brothers. So the answer is yes. So if that doesn't get well, made, they're yeah. the worst. So we <laughs> followed up with PR, and they said, all we're announcing is what's in the video. Yeah, now, okay. I think this is an opportunity to sell those controllers. They're going to sell those controllers. Oh, thank yeah. you for noticing. No we're not way. ready to talk about that. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, There's no Mercedes. But in then, Mario do Kart. they come together? Do they come separate? Uh, what that, do you think they'll charge for this adapter? I don't think they'll go higher than twenty. I you, hope even they don't go stretch. higher than twenty, but yeah. we'll see. You know, but it's also a niche product, right? Like this is, is if you're product. not if you're not somebody who cares about this, it's like you know in the com- in competitive gaming, you know, every millisecond counts. Yeah. And so having a wired controller solution is the only way to play for competitive players. And so there was a lot of worry that the Wii U doesn't have wired controller ports yeah. or wired controllers, right? Yeah. And so this is a this is a big announcement. Yep, yep. I think they're going to sell it separately. I don't, I don't think there'll be a bundle unless there's some sort bundle. of competition bundle yeah. or something. That could be cool. Yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think there'll be some sort of like a limited edition or, or collector's bundles because that's usually stuff the hardcore guys will go after anyway. And want. It, There are people who are lining up at the Nintendo it, World Store in New York City just to get a blue shell in a case. It's just so weird, though. A blue shell in a case. Well, that's How the do only I place that? you can get it. In it's the Nintendo World Store. Here, uh, fly me to the Nintendo <laughs> World Store right now. <laughs> um, it's it's a Send weird blue shell. Yeah, if you're going to that store, <laughs> grab me one of those blue shells, please. Thank you. Do you th- so you can can you use the GameCube controller for with other games? Uh, with other games, or we don't know. So uh, they'd have to retrofit everything. Well, right? that yeah. that's a good question. Right now, it looks like it, it's only a Smash peripheral. I think it's a smart solution too because it's not a hundred and fifty dollar fight stick like what you know the other sort of um, fighting game communities have adopted. Right, where like mm-hmm. Capcom 
Tom Mad Cats have been making a bundle. And those are great controllers. I have one, by the way. Like, I love it. Um, I'm just not good at that game on that level, but I do enjoy having the tools to try and practice and get in there on that. Um, the only thing, it's a little funny looking, right? Because it plugs into the two USBs in the front, and sure. it's just an extra piece of wiring in the house. But whatever. I don't care. I'll take it. It's not that wired fight pad garbage that no. we talked about last week that plugged into the Wii it's, remote. I'm sorry. Well, I, I also garbage. think of this That's is it. not like a, like my, my Wii U right now has a sensor bar plugged into it and has a, uh, a, uh, on one chocolate on, stain, it's chocolate stain, and there's the port on the side where I have the the dongle where I actually charge my Pro controller every now and mm-hmm. then, and in the back there's the uh, the external hard drive. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot going on there. <laughs> it's like yeah. a small city. So this is like I mean I rewired my entertainment center recently. I sent a picture to Jose. I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah, like, what am I supposed I to do with that. this? It was really funny. This I got an, a little annoyed at first because I'm like, oh really? But it it the two USB ports. One of them is charging the unit. The other one is actually like directing the input. And I'm not going to have this plugged in all the time. This mm-hmm. is going to be there when I play Smash. Yeah. And you know even for me, I'm not a, a competitive Smash player in that sense. Like. But you Challenged all of them. I challenged all of them. I'll <laughs> still whoop your ass. This. Oh man! No, did you email all the guys on the list? On the, uh, uh, I'm working on that. I, I have, I have so that would that be community. amazing. Yeah, I have some friends in that community. There, are but just because it's not like totally something for me, I was a huge, huge GameCube fan growing up. So this is like I am. I'm ecstatic for the people who are ecstatic for this. You know, like I think mm-hmm. this is this is fantastic for the people that that really want something like this to happen. What so. fan service? I mean, that yeah, is totally, the, totally like you couldn't have come up with a better way to do. Smash Brothers fan service to yep. bring back the controller. It's it's not a, a special edition controller that is like the you know like the classic controller or anything. Yeah. It is the GameCube it's controller. The GameCube controller. You know, with the weird. It looks like the Which face hugger like, from Aliens with the little balls underneath yeah, it's and everything. So strange. You know? And I was talking about this with Jose this morning. I think like you said something like you know I'm, I'm so happy they did this. You know, mm-hmm. Nintendo kind of have a, has a history of stuff like this. And I was like, well, no, they don't because like if, I'm a big Club Nintendo fan, right? And in Japan they had the thing where you could get the Famicom controller, the mm. Super Nintendo controller that plugged into your Wii. Oh, I remember what we were talking about. And we wanted that. it here right. in America for years. Never happened. They never okay. officially released no, it. No, but like, Nintendo is the king of recycling, finding ways to either recycle parts of their products or just the whole product itself. And mm-hmm. I say this because, and I pointed out this to you, this is super insider info and either you care about this or you don't, but the Wii Fit Balance Board, right? Yep. We Some of us either own it's it or back. have owned it. The... <clears throat> Four sensors that are there are four sensors in that thing that course that kind of dictate or just kind of handle the body weight. Those parts came from old Nintendo 64 analog stick parts. Are you wow. serious? I'm not even kidding. This was a GDC thing a couple of years ago, and wow. I was in the audience like, "Wow, that's crazy!" And I see other other products they put out where I'm just like, "Oh, that looks really similar to X." Or yeah, that did looks you know really the um, the gamepad is actually made of old uh, Virtual Boys? No, <laughs> just no, shattered no, and glued that's, together. That's, that's it's not true. Hey, it's not true. It's not true. It's not true. It's expensive. But it's expensive making. It's expensive making factories, right? Yeah. Like yeah. to set up a factory to create a product and make the plastic casing costs a lot, and so mm-hmm. being able to reuse use something is smart. No, they're you know? a smart company yeah, that yeah. way. Um, I will say this too. I think that uh, this entire tournament in general, the, the entire thing, today was great Like in terms of getting people excited, showing them what's coming up. I think they should have said the price of this thing because you can drop that now. You don't need to waste two minutes at E3 telling me how much it's going to cost during the digital event or during any other portion of E3. I also think if Smash Brothers was a 2015 game, today was the day to say it because everyone was happy enough with everything else that you could have gotten away with it. 
now mm-hmm. it better come out in 2014 because everyone is really excited and this wave of excitement is going to carry over. You're not going to say 83. This is the 2015 game. Make sure it happens. It'd be strange. And everything comes with it. The, like just the presence of the tournament tells me that it's it can't be that far off. You know? Yeah, it's true. yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they'll still do lots of balancing afterwards, and they'll probably get feedback from these pro players. Mm-hmm. But I gotta think it's gonna make it. Yeah, I, this 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 whole thing and this whole day today was really awesome because it really it taught me um, two things. One, again, I'm ecstatic for all the Smash Brothers fans, like the real pro guys. Like, and I'm not that good, and I know I talked yeah. smack to them on the show. All of you would kill me. Seriously, yeah. you would all what my. Well, we'll find. We'll find out. Yeah, we gonna get that done. Um, can you it, do an, on up at noon? Can you do a call out and saying like, "You want to fight me?" Yeah, I would love yeah. to. Can you oh, do that? Just, I would love to. And, and then the uh, next episode, we'll have somebody on. I and, do. I do yeah. want a, a bunch of the pros to come up in IGN and just whoop my ass all over that game. That would be okay. really funny. Yeah. You've, you've um, heard the challenge. But it shows that they're not. <laughs> it, it just dropped. shows mm-hmm. that they're they're not messing around with Smash, and I think that's really cool. I know. It's a it a shows that they're not messing around, and b it shows that they're listening. Well, like they, the, they're yeah. taking this very seriously. Yeah, and and I feel like the melee community, especially, has been there for years, yeah. like promoting this game. And sixty four as well. I mean, through 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 the uh, gener- hardware generations, there have been these communities that have been lashing. This community is growing that is latching on the Smash. There's even kids who really like Brawl, who are just ecstatic about Brawl, and who are out there evangelizing and promoting. It. Um, I'm just glad to see Nintendo finally embrace them because the Earthbound kids have been doing it patiently for years. Yeah. And Nintendo didn't really embrace them in that way, but they did eventually put Earthbound out on Wii U, thank God. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Is this a sign of change at Nintendo? Yeah, where this, they is, are this now is totally embracing like, fans and finding ways to reward fans and do really cool things. Like maybe the Nintendo World Championship it's the, it's is the, coming it's back. The, it's the dad metaphor I made, right? Like yeah. it's like there there's when you're when you're a teenager or you're a kid or you're in college or something like that your dad's really strict but when he's like when he's like 45 55 years old he's just kind of like yeah do what you want have fun you know? sure. here take my take my car out yeah. i think it's uh, it started with evil and like the yeah. realization that why why are you uh, why are we being like this where it's not because they didn't want anybody to do a tournament it's because <clears throat> they couldn't get their legal processes out of the way to be supportive of an event well, like yeah, that I and they fixed that, that. Yeah. And, you know, like, if you've never watched Evo, it's a ton of fun to see it these is. players compete. Yeah. You can actually watch the, you know, if you want to watch some stuff from last year, we have videos on IGN. Just search uh, Evo 2013. You'll be able to watch it on IGN again this year. So it's a really entertaining thing to watch. And I bet you the guys who designed Smash Brothers watch that, too. Yeah. And so I... <laughs> I cannot believe that anybody there would have said, uh, oh, no, we should not allow them to play our game. They need to find their way. You're absolutely right. They need to find their way around corporate politics and corporate nonsense and embrace these these fan bases that are around them. And they especially need it now when, you know, I was thinking about this and I talked to Brian a little bit earlier about it, where, you know, E3, folks don't know what to expect. The roster of games may be small. It may not. And you need a way to still maintain attention and be relevant, right? Especially to the people who either bought your game or who are interested in the things you're selling. I think this Smash Brothers tournament is a great way to do that for them. Dude, it's a bunch of pro video gamers getting together in a crowded room to play a Nintendo game that isn't out yet, which means this is like Nintendo has finally made a real-life version of the movie The Wizard. <laughs> it's so great. They Wasn't find- the World Championships The <laughs> Wizard? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. And people, and they were like, and coming up, Mario 3, and everyone in the crowd was like, oh, they didn't make a Mario 3 yet. That's crazy. And people mm-hmm. were finding warp whistles before yeah, they even yeah. knew what to uh-huh. do. We're going to see that in Smash Brothers. Like, we've never really seen this game like this, and now the best people in the world are going to bust it wide open for everyone to see. Yeah, That's and it's going to so be interesting cool. to 
to see like just what they figure out, you know, yeah. like the little nuances that they are able to exploit by just playing that that yep. that game for you know a short time. Yeah, yeah and you're gonna yeah. have people that watch it that are cheering for their favorite characters, and people who really watch it that are cheering for their favorite professional Smash yeah. Brothers players. Sure. I think I just think it's awesome. It's awesome it's all great. around. It's incredibly cool of them to do, yeah. and I think it this does hopefully begin a new era of Nintendo. So the uh, the GameCube controller adapter, great addition. Yep. Uh, everything we heard today, really cool. But you asked a great question earlier at my desk, Brian. You said to me, does uh, this take away from Smash for Wii U? I mean, for 3DS. Yeah. Does this make uh, Smash for 3DS seem maybe less attractive or slightly inferior because of this? Casual version. It, I mean, yeah. it, nobody's going to play that in a competition, right? No. Like, it's... They're not. So... It, it will be At a great, responsive, competent game, but like, why would you need to play the handheld version in a competition? I, I don't think it takes anything yeah. away from it, but it's definitely it makes Smash Brothers on the console the serious competition edition. And it to always me, was, to be fair, right? To me, it's like the difference between uh, like it's like watching Iron Man three on a plane versus watching it in a movie theater. Like on opening weekend, you know? It's like, well, this will do. I, w- I want to kill some time on this flight. <laughs> hey, where's but the helicopter is... crash sequence? Yeah, I remember like, that. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. I never told this story. I, uh, I, I watched the you movie. You watched Airport? No, I watched the movie Airport. Speed <laughs> yeah. on, a, on a plane once. Oh, yeah. And you know at the end of the movie Speed, sorry for t- yeah. the tangent. Uh, the bus. <laughs> I like how they, apl- they apologize to me. Uh-huh. The bus goes to the airport yeah. and then it crashes into a plane. Stuff. Yep. They cut that scene. Oh, so the movie, the oh, version of this part about watching movies on a plane. It's the end of the bus in the movie about a bus. So when I watch that movie on a plane, the bus is just driving, and all of a sudden the bus is not in the movie anymore, and Dennis Hopper is on a train fighting Keanu Reeves. No, they do that all the, the time. The, yeah. the, the the airline or airplane edit of movies is really yeah. weird. It's actually should have seen Die Hard to too. Yeah. I oh, really? The, no, they never showed that on the airplane. Oh. Yeah, the movie's 30 seconds long. It's just the, the runway at That's the a end. Mean, a mean movie, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. mean movie. All right, enough tangent. Right. Anyway, sorry. Back on topic. Tune right. into our movies po- mm. podcast. So, Keeping no, it I, real. I did have one more theory go. about uh, Please go about ahead. this thing, and and that's that uh, I'm wondering, Nintendo, they're kind of on and off again with this, but they do have this slight history of re-promoting one of their old games uh, to kind of tie together with one of their new games and kind of drum up excitement. They've done it with some Zelda games before where they're like, this one's coming out. Here's one of the games on the Virtual Console. Oh, yeah, you know, like with the 25th anniversary for Zelda and Skyward yeah. Sword was on the way and you got um, the Ocar- uh, excuse me, uh, Link's Awakening DX yeah. was, was yeah. the thing. Stuff like they had that. the Four Swords for free so on DSi. So I'm wondering if maybe this opens things up to put Smash Brothers Melee mm. out mm. on the Wii U. Okay. Now... Right. I don't know, and I talked about this with Jose, and no, I know game... Let, we're starting fresh. Okay, we're Ask starting fresh. Question. Do you think that this opens up the chance to put Smash Brothers Melee on Wii U? Now, yeah. there's emulation issues, right? There's space issues. GameCube games are like a gig each. Most people only have a few of those on their on their, on their their Wii U. But, but you have a hardware solution yeah, if you yeah, want to do I know, the hardware we've been thing. It's not kinda, useful. It's not useful, it, but it's, it's there. Or it's not, excuse me, it's not elegant. It's yeah. useful. It's I not mean, I, I bought a terabyte hard drive for like 50 bucks when yep. I had the chance. And then you complained about it to me when you had all these wires. And yeah, it's it. a lot of wires. <laughs> it is a lot of wires. What do you, um, so what do you, so what what do you guys think? Yeah. That's... I don't think it, they'll do it. I, I think the market for that audience would be people who really cared about how well that game ran because it is a fast-paced it's fighter, amazing. and I have still. I just today. don't have the faith that they can pull it off. Interesting, you know? I, yeah, like well, it's one this... thing to have the thing, you know, have have things running GameCube mode, but right. to actually. Well, Jeez, and that's yeah. the problem, right? Emulation, I think people underestimate how challenging emulation yeah. can be, right? You have to have 
you're basically fooling a ROM, a game, into thinking it's being played on its hardware. And at the same time, um, you are essentially like that's not an easy thing to do when the te- when the technology around the system that you're trying to emulate is a little more advanced. Now, granted, the Dolphin emulation environment exists, right? Mm-hmm. We, we've all heard of it. Project Dolphin is a way that folks play either GameCube or I believe even Wii games. Yeah. On no, it's a definitely PC. It's, also, it's definitely also and, Wii and games. that's a thing um, for folks, but. You know, you're dealing with computers that have a lot of hard, like very yeah. powerful hardware yeah, and can handle mean. that. And, and they have drivers and things that you can mm-hmm. play around with. That's not an elegant solution for a console. Uh, so that's why if you look at the current emulation scene for Nintendo, right, the virtual console as it exists is currently NES games, Super Nintendo games, and GBA games, which are some of the easier yeah. emulation acts to pull so, off. So, so when I, you say GameCube, I would love to see it, but I just think that would the amount of effort and money it would take to make it work yeah. justify the return? I don't think Nintendo would see the value no, it's, of that. It's, it's a very fair point. Yeah. I, I will say, um, as excited as I am about this GameCube Wii U adapter, if it doesn't, if it doesn't lead into some sort of mm-hmm. GameCube renaissance of any kind, then I feel it's a like huge missed opportunity. GameCube renaissance. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really I, good I, way to look, put it. I don't think that this should live and die with uh, Smash Brothers for Wii U. I think you have this thing now. It's yeah. this option. Use this as a chance to sort of be like, wait, you never heard of the GameCube before? Well, here's what the controller yeah. is. Here's how it interfaces with Smash Brothers. And here's how it interfaces with Super Mario Sunshine well, yeah, and here's a, here, Metroid Prime. Here's something and, you can tack onto that then, right? Like take Wind Waker HD, which is an up, you know, an update on a GameCube game. If they do that again, let's say they do that with Super Mario Sunshine, it would be cool if you own that controller already with the adapter sure. that you could then play Sunshine with the controller you did years ago when it came out. Sure. That would be a more... I, I think that's a more plausible solution yeah, totally. than a virtual console. I just totally. don't, I don't buy it that it's going to happen, honestly. I mean, I, I love the idea. I think this this controller is specifically for, for Smash? Smash Brothers. And that's Cause, okay. Because think about it. It's not like the controls of the Wii U are so fundamentally different from the GameCube that you require that controller to play an emulated or an, an, an up-resed, updated game. That's right? Actually, I would challenge that a little bit. What? When you, you got play... two Z buttons. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> when you play certain... Uh, when you go... When you dip back in time to play a virtual console game, let's say on N64, for mm-hmm. example, on the Wii, um, when you're oh, using rough. the classic controller, yeah. either iteration, the Pro or the regular classic controller, it is rough because your entire brain is rewired. You're wired around the original controller the way it was, right? Well, Either but the, the strange shape of, have, the, uh, of the Nintendo 64 controller. For example, I, or I, what, I, what I, cannot, like, I, I cannot play the Ocarina in Ocarina of Time on a pro controller the way I could on the N64. That's what know? I'm talking about. I cannot control the... Like uh, us, uh, that's a problem. The camera, the, the camera movement in Mario 64, for example, just running around in that game with the old Bowser Claw N64 controller felt right to me, and maybe I could rewire my brain to do it, but I've tried for years. I mean, Super Mario 64 has been available on the virtual console on the Wii for years now, and I've tried many times to be like, man, I miss Mario 64. Let me give it a shot. It doesn't work. I, I, just, I just don't know if it's going to happen just technically, but it'd be cool because you. there are... Yeah. No, I, I mean, there, there are definitely some games that require the squishy triggers right yeah. like yeah. remember those they were few and somebody the brought up in a past yeah the right analog now. triggers somebody bought, brought up in a past episode will not having analog triggers stand in the way of GameCube um, virtual console games yeah. I just haven't seen anything that would lead me to believe that they're doing this yeah but, I don't think they're doing yeah. it either I mean it, it'd be it's awesome. definitely another like pie in the sky idea like when we started the podcast and I was talking about Pokemon uh, sure. Delta Emerald mm-hmm. but 
you know, I think we'd appreciate it. I think there is an audience that would appreciate it, but maybe that's not a big enough audience for what Nintendo needs right now. They need success on Wii U. They need that thing to sell. They sure, need to but have I mean, a lineup we, of games that people care about. Well, this is, I mean, and this ha- is very low on. But the that's list. where, when I look at the product, I'd say it's a much bigger opportunity for them to have like a Super Mario 3D collection that has like Sunshine Galaxy One and Galaxy Two upraised in it, right? Like that to me would be a much more a bigger opportunity. That's attractive. Where me. they yeah, took a totally package out like that, and they can price that at sixty bucks, right? What, Rather what, than what makes you think they would do that? I mean, when when they did Wind Waker HD as a sixty dollar package game, or what was uh, it? Wasn't fifty dollars? Yeah, fifty dollars package. Fifty dollars yeah. package game, you know, on its own, and it yeah. probably justified it justified its own bundle and new new. I mean, new uh, gamepad uh, imagery. Yeah, and no, everything. true. I was just thinking fair, that but, the other two were more recent. Yeah, but with Wind mm. Waker, a lot more improvements were there than just graphics, right? Yeah, I mean, they yeah. completely changed so, no, a, 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 I, a good percentage. Of I would I would love to meet half way on that where <laughs> they say here is Mario Sunshine it's on a disc yep. we've up it a little bit and yep. it works with the GameCube controllers which now work with your, your Wii U that's yep. like if you want that full nostalgia there it is otherwise I yeah I mean I, I do I That'd be cool. I, 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 you guys are right in that, like playing something like Smash Brothers, where it's choppy and it's not running. That defeats the entire purpose of this whole operation. Right, yep. was to get Smash Brothers running every frame perfectly. Yep. So, I just want more GameCube games on my Wii. The same here. No, yeah. I'm with you. All right, so let's. Uh, so actually, this is great because we've been talking a lot about the controller right now and the adapter. Uh, we actually have a question of the week back this week, um, and this is <laughs> this one was uh, sort of <clears throat> came up during the Mario Kart 8 live stream, mm-hmm. where uh, Greg brought up. Uh, someone asked us what are what is you know the best controller for Mario Kart, and we were all kind of saying, ah, oh, they're actually all pretty good. Yeah. Because um, I was winning with you know the the split Wii remote and nunchuck, but Brian was playing with the gamepad, but Greg was playing with the Wii U Pro controller. Yep. And then it, Greg was like, I think the Wii U Pro control. Wii U Pro Controller is the best controller Nintendo has ever made. And I was like, absolutely not. It is not one of the best controllers they've ever made. I think it's one of the most derivative they've ever made. You actually said, I think you said it was one of the worst. I believe it's one of the worst as well. But I believe it's because it's so derivative. I own one. Um, But uh, more importantly, I I do see, though, that the gamepad and the Wii U Pro Controller, they were going for parity, right? That's why the analog sticks are above. That's why the buttons are below with the D-pad underneath. But it just does not it doesn't seem special to me whereas I look at the GameCube controller that's special to me I look at the Super Nintendo controller that's special to me I look at the NES controller as someone who had a chance to play games on a Commodore 64 with a joystick that's special to me sure uh-huh. so the question of the week before you guys weigh in and you can weigh in with your answers is Wait. what's the best Nintendo controller of all time Wavebird yeah GameCube Wavebird yeah yeah. Come on, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Every Why? other con- well, first of all, nostalgia, man. Every other console had wires, and you get this awesome wireless controller that actually worked. It felt good. It was it wasn't beautiful, right? It yeah. looked clunky. It looked like it it looked like one of the like a container ship from Star Wars, where yeah. they had this giant container sitting on on top of a beautiful ship. But um, I I just I thought that controller was great. I liked the triggers. I actually loved the big A button too. Like mm-hmm. now, when I'm yeah, playing like Mario Kart, yeah. when I'm playing Mario Kart with the Pro Controller, and I think the Pro Controller is absolutely better than whatever you're using, Otero. Um, Wait, for Mario Kart? Oh, no, no, I think it's fine. I okay. can race with it. I can whip right, anyone in this room with but, that controller, but it doesn't matter. I don't like it. That's true. He, he usually wins. Um, but I, I love the way the Wavebird felt, and I got. I didn't. I don't get the the 
thumb blister that I get yeah. with a Pro Controller. I actually think they went backwards um, well, with comfort. And for context for folks, at the time when the Wavebird came out, there were wireless controllers, but they were always made by third parties. Yeah, yeah. For the, like, the there PlayStation were Logitech and, and, yeah. and, and, and the Xbox, and they were terrible. And, or, the, or they dropped They signal lost signal or, all or, the time. Yeah, they were just unreliable. And then here comes Nintendo with the Wavebird, and it was a, it was a first-party wireless controller, and it was great. Yep. You were going to say. Um, I, I, I actually, I'm thinking about it a little more. I loved the Wavebird. It was one of the best controllers ever mm-hmm. made. It might be my favorite. But I'm not wild about the D-pad on the Wavebird. I think mm-hmm. that the D-pad on the GameCube controller in, in, in general is very tiny. Yeah. It's, it's kind that's of in a weird place. That's the common complaint. No, that's mm-hmm. um, absolutely so if, fair. if I think of a, a controller that kind of works with everything, then uh, the, the GameCube controller comes, comes close. But, like... I don't want to play Super Metroid on that thing, you mm. know, and I don't want to play uh, like Link to the Past or something, or like a, a, a kind of like a Twitch-based bla- platforming game, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, it's I'm somewhere between the Super Nintendo controller and the Wavebird as as my favorites of all time. But of course, if I want Super Pick Nintendo, one. then I'm losing out. Fine, the Wavebird. Fine. The Super Nintendo, the Super NES controller is so iconic, right? Okay, but it's, say, you say something bad about Super Nintendo. No, I, li- I, I like it, but when you hold it now, the shape is not ergonomic, right? It's like you're holding a pill from Dr. Mario or something. It's like it's the wrong shape but for this, hands. We're talking about the but best we, controller of all time here. Right? Yeah, but this, really is, but this is why I influential do. Or, this is why I do but, like the Wii U Pro controller because I think it's awesome. It, it, I think it's got a great D pad. You like, but it's not your favorite of all time. I think it. I mean. It's up there. Yeah, I, I think I, it's got a great. I, wish the, I think it's got great sticks. It's the got sticks great should be reversed on the right. It's like they almost they did it to match the gamepad, but also yeah. to say, hey, we realized the Xbox 360 controller was really good, well, so we can't do the sure. same thing. It's right? got, also it's got yeah. 90 yeah. hours which, of battery, which by the way is really derivative yeah. of Nintendo design. Greg, Greg and I got in an argument of, about the Wii U Pro controller mm-hmm. quite recently, and uh, his argument to me was, and I'm just gonna you know sort of sum this up because he's not here to defend himself, and so I shouldn't talk too much about this. But he said, you're just mad because this is the controller where they stopped trying to be different. That's true. And I'm like, well, yeah, but you know what? Everyone else's controller design came from the Super Nintendo. That's what They're I said. They're all from that. Yeah. Like I, that is the the only I was the like, only exception n- might n- be Microsoft. Nintendo is allowed to steal even. back a little bit because they've been getting their shit robbed for years. <laughs> <laughs> for years, they invented so many things no and ended up in every major controller. Yeah. No one's taking the gamepad. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I, I just think the, the Pro Controller was more of a cop-out in that they had the chance to innovate with something on it. You know, yeah. when I play PS4 now and you have the touchscreen and all these, like, little things that they added to it that make it special and stand out, it's kind of sad to see how yeah. restrained the Pro Controller is, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I wish it had a little bit more personality to it. And I wish so, the sticks were reversed on the right. So I, uh, I my, my thing was, specifically as well, I think the GameCube controller design was a really good design. It was two buttons short, right? It didn't have a select button, and it didn't have an extra bumper yeah. button at the top. That was top. a big deal. No, and that, that was that a dumb, problem for third. It, it only had one the dumb Z little, button. The dumb little button. Z, Z, yeah, the little Z, Z button. Little there was Z. only one. There weren't two Zs. Now uh, they have Z, L, and Z, R, which, yeah. by the way, you shouldn't label your controller that way. I think that's bad. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, I do like how so press the ZR button. If someone tells you that, or you're like, wait, what? I don't know what that I is. I mean, uh, dude, they, on the Xbox One controller, they had to write the names of the buttons upside down. 
because for years they were the other way around. So now when they say press the L2, yeah. people tilt the well, thing they up. Get and they get away with the same it. thing, I guess, right? Because it's RB and LB, yeah. you know, for left bumper, right bumper. Yeah. But anyway, um, Z, I feel like, by the way, it's really interesting because Z was supposed to be a the lot third. No, Z yeah. was supposed to be the third dimension, yeah. right? Like it was, and it was a lock underneath the N64, and you're controlling 3D space with it, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm not a big fan of the N64 controller, by the way. Well, in hindsight, it's an oddity, but it was cool when it came I th- out. I thought it, it was, was okay great when it came out. I thought it was great for, I mean, because well, we got to let them finish. But, but okay. no, it's yeah. interesting Sorry. that that I mean, concept no, cool. of the Z trigger turned into a shoulder button. Yeah. Which yeah. is like, really, now you're saying Z1 and Z2 and, or ZL and ZR, uh-huh. and you're not really using ZL, it for three-dimensional ZR. control. Yeah. And like, it's it's kind of silly now. Okay. Sorry, you were going to No, I was going to say, I, th- I thought the Z-Trigger worked really well on uh, the N64 because it was sort of synonymous with that era of first-person shooters that were happening at the time, like yeah. GoldenEye and Perfect Dark. It, was felt, a trigger. it felt like a gun trigger, you yeah. know? So it mm-hmm. had that. I don't think it should have been brought out to the shoulder of a GameCube yeah. controller later. Well, I think so. the GameCube controller design was iconic and special and good in its time. I just think they could have improved on it. I think you could have added the two buttons, maybe even if you wanted to put a home button on there, go right ahead and add a, an extra Z if that's what it took. But I felt like the layout was just right, right? You had the really big A button. You had the X and Y kind of surrounding it. Um, it, it just felt right. And it, that's something that... And it was an improvement on the Super Nintendo design. Yeah. Whereas... And that's the design that everyone adopted. And Nintendo just kind of said, yeah, well, we did that and everyone took it. Now we're going to do something different. And then the N64 controller, like, I hated the separated C buttons. I just thought it was okay for cameras because that's what they were sort of used for. But then you play emulated games and you're trying to play the Ocarina in Virtual Console on, on Wii. And you're like, wait, which one is what? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. And but, you could use the C-Stick for but that. But how cool was that? How the cool was it? it? I love, <laughs> I, I love I the concept of designing a controller around the functions of your game. And they yeah. rightfully said, hey, on consoles, you're going to need a way to control the camera. They didn't think of a stick as intuitive camera control. They thought, hey, left and right, you swing the camera, you zoom in, you zoom out. And and then mm-hmm. they said, oh, but what about what about people who love the D-pad? It's like, oh, then you hold it like this on the outer. Yeah. Some people held it and tried to so press the Z button mm-hmm. from the outside. Yeah, there's so many styles yeah. to choose from yeah. to, to hold it. Was it was confusing, but it was – I love the, the concept of saying what are the kinds of games we're going to make and here's the controller to support that. And they did that with the Wii too, right? Uh-huh. Only then they quickly realized, oh, crap. You know, EA is going to ma- want to make Madden. Activision is going to want to make Call of Duty. Oh, God. Yeah. And then that was, here are 50 more controllers. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And that yeah. was the, the, I think that was the lesson learned from the GameCube era where it was like, hey, our controller was different than everyone else's. And that mm-hmm. caused a problem for third parties when it came to making games because yeah. you had two less buttons to work with. Fewer. The, um, the other. Uh, fewer buttons to work mm-hmm. with. I'm, I'm sorry, just one last thing. Sure. I think also on the GameCube, they also designed, I mean, I think the Nintendo 64, the GameCube, and even the Wii, Nintendo was really good at designing games around their own controllers because yeah. in the GameCube era especially mm-hmm. I felt like a lot of games took really good advantage first party ones uh, Smash being a great example of that Smash Melee just absolutely yeah. worked perfectly with the Melee controller yeah. I mean with the GameCube controller so well in fact that I don't think they can ever get rid of it now yeah, yeah. you, know? As now, you now can see now yeah, yeah, yeah that, that ghost is going to chase them forever now um, but wh- one of the things they did stop doing around uh, you know after the GameCube and the N64 was they ditched the candy colored button thing 
like a colorful oh, yeah. buttons used to be on all their controllers, right? right? I like those. And it just went away. I, I liked too. it too. I thought it was great until I started playing games like Resident Evil 4 or Resident Evil Remake, which were like dark, gritty, uh-huh. violent games. And you look down and you'd be like, the jelly hit the controller. yellow thing with the purple button. <laughs> yeah, like the jelly beans on the side. You're playing a murder game with jelly beans. It was the really funny. the rainbow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, I like how I, I, I like, uh, I, I like how Xbox pulled Wait, it off, though. Yeah, the, the Xbox has it. it it's kind of like glassy marbly looking yeah, I, I thought that was yeah. cool there was a good in between yeah. I always like remember I played the Super Famicom which had mm-hmm. the colored yeah. buttons you guys had like one. light purple and dark purple Ugh. it was weird that yeah. was awful why and did they do that and then after a few years it all turned yellow yeah. oh. same oh, with yeah, the console right. they just turned well yeah th- there's a great article on that if you look on the internet um, just saying it was like a mixture uh, imperfect mixture of the flame retardant chemical in yep. the plastic oh is that what it was that's what it was Dreamcast is the worst one oh yeah it'll turn yellow oh god do turn yellow I have a bright yellow one I bet they changed the plastic. Ah. I have a bright right. yellow. So I'm going to save my controller. We've been <laughs> talking best. all this time. I never said which controller I'd sell on. Yeah. I think I'm going to pick Super Nintendo. I feel like the Super Nintendo controller uh, is w- the best controller in huh. Nintendo. It was so good, in fact, that everyone has followed suit since. And that design is still relevant today. I think a lot of people forget where that design came from. That was a Nintendo-made like idea. And, okay, don't get me wrong. Sony added two analog sticks on it. Microsoft improved on it a little more by offsetting them, right? So that one was higher than the other. And that made it really comfortable for first-person shooters. And even now, the PlayStation 4 controller, I love what they did uh, to what Sony did with that controller was good really controller. smart. Oh, yeah. It is mm-hmm. a great controller. But even for your giant hands, the Super NES controller giant when I was a kid, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. But I, I think I would settle on that. So, folks, you're listening. That is this week's question of the week. What is the best Nintendo controller of all time? Please email IGN, uh, wait, is it? Uh, NVC at IGN.com yeah. and let us know your responses. In the subject line, please type the letters QOTW colon controller. Nice. Just so it's easier to find your I w- response. I want to see if anybody says Virtual Boy because it had a weird-ass controller. They man. solved oh, man. the problem that did not need to be solved, which uh-huh. was that left-handed people did not need a, a left a left a D-pad on the right. Like, what was well, that about? Are you left-handed? I'm not. Oh, okay. It was a, it was are a you super... Left-handed? No. Are you left-handed? No. So uh, It was a Super Nintendo controller with yeah. two bananas hanging off of it. It's basically, it was just an SS, was SNES the, pad with these giant... It was Oculus before it was the Oculus. First, it was like a wheelbarrow. It was, it was like, the PlayStation 3 controller. Remember the concept one? The, the banana, the, the, yeah. The batarang? The, the boomerang. Oh, man, that thing. I'll never forget when I saw that in the magazine. I was like, you're going to control it with that? Yeah. What is this? I was like, somebody's going to throw that at somebody else's head. I wish a third party would have convinced them to let them make a third party controller in that shape. I was just thinking that. I'm I'm actually kind of amazed that nothing like that ever really came out. Just a sort of fan service. Somebody was like, we got to hide that. Get yeah. out of here. I'm sure uh, one guy at Mad Cats was like, oh, I got an idea. And uh-huh. they're like, get out. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, not not welcome. <laughs> not here at Mad Cats. Are you crazy? Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, I hope uh, you guys, listeners, <laughs> en- enjoyed uh, Nintendo Voice Chat this week. Uh, we are a weekly podcast on IGN that talks only about Nintendo, obviously, as you can tell. Uh, but here at IGN, we have a whole family of podcasts that you can jump in on, right? One's about Sony, Microsoft, movies, etc. cetera. Uh, we also have great articles and features here as well. Also, if you like Nintendo Voice Chat and you love to write reviews, man, do I have a pitch for you. Please go over to iTunes and uh, you know write a review about Nintendo Voice Chat. Let us know what you think. Actually, I want to put out there... We've had about 30 or 40 reviews, I think, That's since awesome. we started asking. Awesome. Yeah. And Thank most you. of them have been really good. A lot of folks really like the show. We've had a couple of low comment ones. If you are going to leave a low star, let us know why. Yeah. I think that's the more important feedback there. Like, what is it about the show that you're not feeling? Let us know. I read them. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. We hey, check them all. Do time. you get brownie points if you work if you um, work the words get the thing into your review no, in a clever you way? Don't get, you know, no, no, no special attention yep. for that. Uh, but you Jose can will talk about how you. old Pear is. Uh, yeah, you can so. do that. I'm staying so, out of this. Yeah, war. please do that. Uh, <laughs> all right. So thank you very much again. Uh, next week, I guess we'll try to do something special because it's our last show before the Big E3. And all the crazy stuff's going to happen. Also, I want to let you guys know up front right now, um, loyal listeners, I am not sure if we're going to have a show during E3 or not, um, just because the three of us are going to be all over the place and getting us in one place at one time that's quiet might be kind of hard. But then again, Pear is now the GM of IGN, so he can make it happen. So make sure you tweet at... (laughs) Pair IGN. And let them know that you want an NVC the week of E3. Yep. You can also reach out to Brian Altano. Agent Bizzle. And let him know what you think of either Up at Noon or some of his great and fabulous points that he makes on the show. Thank you. Yep. Uh, Such as the 10 best video game cats. Yeah. I never did that. No, what was... You you just did a really crazy one. What was that? Was it dogs? No, that wasn't you. That wasn't me. Who did the dogs No, I grew up pair. That was Destiny. That was Destiny. I don't do that junk anymore, all right? (laughs) I did the top five Batmobiles to make love in. (laughs) That's what it was. That's what I saw. All right. And you can tweet at me, uh, at Jose underscore Otero on Twitter, uh, and let me know what you think of the show. Again, don't forget, email... uh, NVC at IGN.com yeah. with any and feedback or the question of the week. Response. And just, just Mario Kart. Aren't Mario you doing Kart a tournament? When you listen to this, we do have a tournament. Check the show notes on IGN. I've already tweeted a photo of it. It's really not that hard to find, but I'll make sure that our social team puts it back out there yeah. for you to see. And awesome. just to, re- uh, to reiterate, if we can't do a show during E3, which is possible, um, we're going to be doing tons of coverage there. Tons of like, it's going to feel like mini NVCs. The, yeah. the three You're of us will probably be on camera yeah. talking about all the crazy stuff Nintendo's doing, checking yeah. out all the new games, doing previews, hands-on, review, mm-hmm. not reviews. Um, everything we can right there on the spot and I think we'll do a post show after Nintendo's conference too or pre-show yeah, yep. there's, right? there, yeah there's so you'll, ca- you'll catch us in, in various mm-hmm. weird yeah, I'm just trying to places. warn them now because yeah. I'm already expecting a barrage of tweets like where's NVC that week and I don't know for sure yet great yeah. so cool thank you very much for listening and we will be back next week same time same place